This Water News with Steve Baker is supported by Clearwater and Filtration on Rough and Ready Highway, Grass Valley. Welcome back to KBMR, Steve. Yeah, well, great to be here again. It's been a few weeks. Yes, it has. And uh, right now, uh, it seems like our Indian summer is likely ending, and we are looking at another unpredictable water year. Mm -hmm. Before we get into our conversation for today, what is the up-to-the-minute prediction for this winter as of right now? Okay. The federal agencies are saying we are staring at a rare three-consecutive-year La Nina winter. We're talking about somewhat dry and also somewhat warm. There's a 75% chance that it's going to be like this and stay like this through February. Not really the best news. No, not at all. Well, that's, that's a pretty bleak outlet. And why are the reservoir levels kept so low? Water levels are low because of this extended drought. So we're using a lot of water. Californians uh, need water every single day. So uh, bearing this in mind, California reservoirs uh, have to store water, but at the same time, they have other purposes. There are multiple reasons uh, for our using of reservoirs in this state. One of those purposes is meeting water demands, as we can see. But also there's another one where we need to protect against flooding. Now, remember last year, it's October right now. Last year in October, we had unprecedented rain. We needed we, we need to have enough storage capacity in our reservoirs to hold back and store all that water, that excess storm water, in order to prevent uh you know, flooding of areas down gradient. It, it can destroy our towns and cities. It can destroy our California infrastructure. Floods are, are bad news. Reservoirs are a way of protecting against the consequences of, of flooding. And uh, this stored water has another benefit to it, too, because once we store all that water, it remains cold, and then it becomes available as a cold water supply to support a lot of aquatic wildlife. That is hugely important to uh, much of the wildlife in the Sacramento River and, and other, other rivers around here. It's vitally important. The difficulty these days is to accurately predict how much water will be coming off the Sierras and reaching our reservoirs. That's, that's the biggie. If we predict low, you know, too low, and empty out too much of the water so we have enough storage for those reservoirs, we, we jeopardize water supply. Or if we keep our reservoir water levels really high because, you know, we anticipate dry La Nina weather, then, um, then what happens if we end up with some humongous storm like last October? We end up overtopping the, re the uh, reservoir and we have flooding. So there has to be some sort of compromise. Uh, when there's this kind of flooding, people die. Uh, properties, they get significantly severely damaged. And in our economy, it takes a hit. It takes another supply chain hit or some other dysfunctional consequence. It's, it's not good. So we, we have to be very careful how we decide and to what degree we decide to, to empty out our, our uh, reservoirs. There are strict rules that have to be followed as to how this water and when it's released from our California reservoirs. And as many of you have probably already guessed, climate change is changing water delivery in California. So that means we might have to move, change these rules around a little bit. And there's more to this uh, on this as we move forward in the future. Still, though, Steve, hearing uh, weather predictions that announce a huge rainstorm 
is still, for me, really good news, especially when we are coming out of a nasty fire season. Are wildfires impacting some of the conditions that impact how water flows into our reservoirs? Oh, yes. Uh, Let's use the Mosquito Fire as an example. Okay, we're all familiar with that. We shared in the smoke (laughs) for, for weeks. Watersheds can significantly be impacted by fire depending on the burn severity. Now, we were lucky with respect to the Mosquito Fire in that sense because uh, 65% of that fire's area was a low-severity region, and that's good news. That's a good thing. More severe fire severity cause, causes floods. You know, if, if it uh, causes the ground to not percolate as well. It uh, doesn't protect against erosion. So we have more flooding. We have more debris flows. All this uh, raises havoc for us and, and also our, our more natural landscapes. So as that rainy season creeps up after a big fire of, of a severe nature, we can really raise some havocs with these debris flows and floods. The Caldor Fire, if we want to uh, uh, compare the two, mosquito fire and colder fire. The colder fire, if you look at the moderate and high burn intensities, that percentage of the land was 53% as compared to only 34% of the mosquito fire. So significant differences between the two fires. The colder fire was nasty. It, it really had a lot of consequences after the fire was put out relative to the mosquito fire, which we're hoping will not uh, uh, be as bad. So water-related disasters, they, they really cause a, a domino effect on, on additional impacts to the countryside aside from fire. And those impacts, of course, impact our, each of our lives. Well, I can only imagine the buzz that goes on in the many non-governmental organizations that deal with our rivers <laughs> and streams. That's really true. Uh, yeah, you're referring to NGOs. Yeah, like, like uh, you know, our very own right here in town, Circle. Uh, they have a very important job in data collection. And, that, and, and know that data drives when we're trying to be proactive in making improvements in our environment and, and also in making the right, taking the right actions when there is a disaster in progress. Now, although, you know, really all employees of our water-related non-governmental organizations deserve some kudos, I'd like to reach out to one person in particular, and that person is Melinda Booth. She's the executive director with Circle. She's made a huge contribution to the Yuba River watershed in the last 11 or 12 years. Now, I heard that Melinda is stepping down as executive director right after February, you know, the 2023 Wild and Scenic Film Festival, and... um, and, you know, really, in my view, addressing water-related issues in the Yuba Bear watersheds, or really any watershed, is a real polarizing topic. And I really rank the qualities of relationships that a person brings into their position as the highest mark of leadership. Okay. Well, you know, in Melinda's case, uh, she's put together, a, uh, along with many others, a huge success in the Wild and Scenic Film Festival. She's also, she, she received the Partner of the Year, a partnership with the Pacific Southwest Region of the Forest Service for her, her actions. And, of course, the relationship building that she has developed with the Yuba Water Agency is, is over the top and, and being recognized by, by water agencies. So, you know, much, much success has come from Melinda's activities here uh, with Circle. So, uh, you know, I'm talking to you now, Melinda. You can be sure that those that live in the Yuba River watershed and also those that you've touched from your position at Circle appreciate you. And they wish you the most satisfying future wherever that takes you. So uh, go for it. 
Managing groundwater is Steve Baker's career and passion, and that has led him into working on all water sources and supplies. This has been another conversation with KVMR's water guy, Steve Baker. Email him with your questions at water at operationunite.co.